an encouragement to me. And there's so many things in here tonight that we could glean from. And we're going to look at one particular thought. And uh, I assure you, you could put this to use it immediately. It is definitely plug and play. First Kings chapter number 17. And let's see, let's look down. Let's look down to verse number 1. We're going to read that, read a few verses, and we'll read more as we get into the message. 1 Kings 17, look down to verse number 1. The Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these these years, but according to my word. The Bible says in verse 2, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that, that thou shalt drink of the brook, uh, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word, unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up before, because there had been no rain in the land. Now watch verse 8 and 9. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for your word, and I pray we would learn from, from it tonight something that we need right now. I pray that, Father, we will see as you've prepared for us in the message tonight how the word of God can be so much more, Lord, than just a book to us during this time. I pray you bless as your word goes out. Speak to our folks that are tuning in and in person tonight, and I just pray that your will would be done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Just the other day, as we had those storms off the uh, coast there in the Gulf, Brother Nate and I were talking about the weather here in the south, and it's something he's familiar with. He's lived down in Florida and in parts of Louisiana, so he's familiar with it. And he was asking about storm shelters, if we have a storm shelter, and where do we go in times of storms. And I told him up until 2020, I had never really thought about needing a storm shelter. Uh, usually we just sit in the recliner, or if things got really bad and it had to be the nuclear option, I would go jump in the bathtub with the family, uh, no water of course, and put pillows over our head. But to be honest with you, we've never really needed to do that. Uh, living down there in the country, in Jeff Davis County, uh, we rode out Katrina down there, and we just we kind of sat there and watched the wind blow and watched the, the field fill with water. But since 2020 has rolled around, I have seriously considered getting a storm shelter. Uh, we had the Easter tornado move through, and then a week later, they began to move closer into our area. And uh, I remember we went and hid in the hall closet of our house, and the the hall closet, the uh, shelf height is about five and a half feet, which is just a little bit shorter than I am. And so I'm sitting in there with my wife and my daughter. They were tall enough to be able to stand up. And so I'm in there hunkered down and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to go like this. You know, if I'm going to go, I'd at least like to go in some, something a little bit more comfortable. And so I seriously began thinking about a storm shelter. And as the wind began to blow through that uh, second week of tornadoes we had, uh, matter of fact, we recorded it on our phone. You can hear the roof creaking uh, as the high gable on the house allowed the wind to kind of howl through there. And it was quite frightening. And I'll be honest with you, I worried just a little bit during those tornadoes. And I thought, boy, how nice it would have been to have had a storm shelter somewhere that we could have turned into when that storm came, and uh, it would have saved a whole lot of worrying about the wind. 
Now keep that thought in mind tonight, worrying about the wind, because the same thing could be said about the spiritual storms of life that come our way. And I think we would all be able to amen the fact tonight that we've gone through several different types of spiritual storms over the past few months. And what storms do is storms bring along fear, uh, storms bring uncertainty, and storms bring along doubt. And boy, if there was only a spiritual storm shelter that we could turn into, a place that we could go to in times of storm, how much worry would that save us not having to worry about the spiritual winds and the troublesome winds that often come our way through life? Well, as you might have guessed tonight, the truth is there is a spiritual storm shelter that we can turn to. And the truth is it's a lot closer than we think. You know, we're always looking for secrets and we're always looking for uh, those nuggets in Scripture that are going to give us that secret uh, to all the mysteries of life where it makes everything better. Kind of a spiritual silver bullet. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, it's not really a secret. Tonight we're going to look in the life of Elijah who was facing a very serious storm. Now I want you to think about this. In chapter 17, verse number 1, we see Elijah pronouncing judgment and famine uh, upon the land. Uh, Now I'll be honest with you, you don't have to read between the lines. When you are pronouncing judgment and famine upon the land, it's not a very popular decision. Now Elijah is going to be alone. All by himself. He doesn't have an army with him to protect him in doing the will of God. He's going to be facing a famine. And he has now placed himself, as he's been obedient to the will of God, as an enemy of the state, if you will, because he is speaking to the king. But I want you to see tonight, in spite of the famine, in spite of being alone, in spite of being an enemy, we'll find that Elijah found everything that he needed to make it through from the very Word of God. And tonight I want to encourage you and show you tonight in chapter 17 and chapter number 18 how you can find rest in God's Word. And that's what I want to preach on tonight, finding rest in God's Word. And we're going to look at two, most likely three different areas where Elijah found rest in the midst of the famine, in the midst of this spiritual storm, and he found it all in God's Word. So we notice in verse number one, Elijah pronounces judgment, and Elijah pronounces famine. It's not going to rain, the Bible says. But notice immediately after he pronounced this, what the Bible says happened in verse two. The Bible says, and the word of the Lord came saying, uh, came unto him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself. Notice that immediately upon doing the will of God, pronouncing the judgment, pronouncing the famine that was coming, notice the Bible says the word of the Lord came. And so here is God being proactive in the life of Elijah through the Word of God. By the way, aren't you glad tonight that we serve a proactive God? God is not a reactive God that waits for trouble to come and then figures things out. Our God has things already figured out, and the Word of God will give us a proactive answer to the storms of life that come our way. What was the answer? Verse 3, the Bible says, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward. Now watch closely. The Bible says, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. Now notice, the very word of God is shielding him from the full effect of the circumstances that he was living in. And that's number one tonight. I want you to notice that the word of God can serve as a shield. The very word of God came to Elijah 
And the word of God is shielding him from the full effects of the circumstances that he's living in. Now, I want you to know something. The word of God's not going to be a silver bullet, that no trouble ever comes to your life, and no storms ever come upon your way. But what I want you to see is that through obedience to the word of God, it served as a shield from the circumstance that was there imploding all around him. Now, here's the key. The key to making the word of God or activating the word of God as a shield against the storms of life is obedience. Now look, God's telling him through his word what he needs to do to be shielded from the storm. He must get thee hence, turn thee eastward, and hide thyself. So if Elijah wants to take shelter from the circumstances of life, he must take shelter through being obedient to the word of God. Folks, tonight, who knows what we're going to go through? I mean, none of us thought we were going to go through all the things we've gone through the last six months. But what a blessing it is that for the child of God, we can turn to the Word of God for what we need to be shielded from the full effects of our circumstance. The devil would love nothing more than for all that we're going through to implode us spiritually. For the weight of the trials that we're going through to buckle our spiritual knees and for us to collapse and quit on God. That's his desire. The devil wants to stop us from fulfilling God's will in our life just as he wanted to stop Elijah. But God says, watch this, I'm going to be proactive. God had a storm shelter already in place. I was thinking the other day when the storms did come through or they were preparing to move through this way, we didn't know they were going to come up our way or go into Louisiana. And unfortunately, they did go into Louisiana. We were in Monroe yesterday, and they had a Category 1 there and have trees down everywhere. They're without power up there. Leslie's family's without power and just limbs all over the place. But, you know, a lot of times we wait until the storm moves through. To think about, you know what? We're sitting there and our, matter of fact, the storage building behind my wife's parents were a lot of, a lot of, we had a lot of things stored in it. Has a huge pin oak tree just laying across it, cut it in half. It's just a mess. And it's oftentimes after the storm comes through that we think about, you know what? It would have been nice to have had a storm shelter. Well, here's the deal. God has proactively given us a spiritual storm shelter that will shield us from the storms of life. But listen, it will not work like a storm shelter unless you get into it. So often we hide from this and we run from this and we don't want to hear what it has to say when the truth of the matter is, listen to this, Proverbs 35, 30, verse 5, the Bible says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Now notice he's equating the word of God and the shield. But what's the key? The key, the Bible says, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. You know, storm shelters do no good if you don't go get in them. You know, we had this little closet there. That's our storm shelter right now. And uh, we're sitting there on the couch. And to be honest with you, I may have been a little bit of pride. But my daughter says, Dad, do we need to go get in the closet I was like, no, we're going to be fine. It's not going to bother us. You know, it's just going to move through. The radar shows it moving south. And as we sat there and the house began to creak, I thought, you know what? I, I'm not scared, but I need to look after my wife and daughter. So why don't we go get in that closet just to be sure? You see, it couldn't help me if I didn't get into it. Now, Elijah is not going to be shielded from the effects of his circumstance if he doesn't obey the word of God. Notice the action he must take. Get thee. Turn thee, hide thyself. You see, Elijah had to take action from the word of God. And here's the sad thing. The word of God can be a shield for us tonight. 
The word of God can shield us from a lot of the effects. Listen, it's not a silver bullet that we're never going to feel the effects of the storms we're going through. But it can shield us from the full reach of what Satan desires to do with it. But it can't do that if we don't get into it. The sad thing is we run from it and we hide from it. The wonderful truth of the matter is God knew every circumstance we would go through the last six months. God knew that. God knows every circumstance we are going to go through in the next six months if he should tarry. Personal opinion, I don't think he is. So you better be ready. But if he should tarry, I don't know. Listen, what I'm going to go through, but God did. Here's what's neat. Before I was ever born. His word contained exactly what I needed to be able to be shielded from the full effects of whatever circumstance I'm going to face. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I go to the word of God. It's kind of my go-to. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Listen closely. But God is faithful, aren't you glad, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it you say this is talking about temptation you know when I go through a storm I'm tempted to fear when I go through a trial I'm tempted to doubt God when I go through a a rough week as we had a rough week last week I'm tempted to get discouraged but God tells me in his word that there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you. He's not going to allow me to be tempted more than I'm able to bear. But what did he say? With the temptation also make a way to escape. That sounds like a shield to me. But here's the problem. How are we going to know what God has given us to shield us and how he's provided a way of escape if we don't get into the shelter of his word? So we see Elijah's here. He's facing a storm. He's facing a famine. There's no food. There's no water. And I want you to think about this. It's his fault. All right? It's his fault. Now, I know it's because of the wickedness of the king and the people that he pronounced judgment. But he's literally the guy that brought it down from God. He delivered the message. And yet through all of this, we find Elijah sheltered from the circumstance. Why? He found shelter in God's word. God was proactive. And God prepared exactly what he needs. Now, here's the sad thing. Unfortunately, much of the strife we suffer in life Much of the strife and the pain and the the storms we go through, listen, they're not all from the devil, to be honest with you. I'm not defending the devil at all. But sometimes we give him too much credit. Sometimes the storms are self-inflicted. Sometimes the strife and the trouble we go through are self-inflicted. And you say, well, how do you figure that? Here's Here's how we figure that. When Katrina moved through, I think yesterday was the anniversary, was it, of Katrina? Yesterday was the anniversary, 15, 16 years, 15 years. I remember as the storm passed over and the eye was over Jeff Davis County, the skies turned blue. It was amazing that we were in the eye of the storm. The skies were blue. And so we got out on our bicycles. We rode the bike trail, the Longleaf Trace, which is the border of our property. We rode into town, if you want to call Carson a town. And uh, we rode there just to see all the damage that had taken place. Well, we stayed in town just a little bit too long. And all of a sudden, the backside of the storm began to move into our area and caught us about a mile away from the house. And next thing you know, the wind is blowing and that water's hitting your face like BBs. And of course, I was not afraid, but I had my new bride with me. And I was worried something might happen to her. I wasn't scared in the least. And so here we are. We're caught out in the middle of the storm. Why? Why? Because we left the shield of our shelter. 
We had a shelter. We were fine. We were there in the dining hall of the camp watching all of the wind and all of the rain. And we were safe. None of that would have ever have happened if we would have just stayed in our shelter. If we had just stayed behind the shield. Now, can I tell you, it was self-inflicted. The grief and the fear she had, I didn't have any, but the fear that she had, because we got caught up in the backside of that storm. No, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit worried, you know, wondering trees could fall on us. It was self-inflicted. There was a shield, and I just didn't stay behind it. Now, the shield tonight is the Word of God. That's the shield. And if we just live and stand behind the Word of God, as Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, every Word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. You've got to stay behind the shield. But when we step out from the shield, we find that's when calamity often comes our way. In Nehemiah chapter 1, we see a broken, bruised, and battered city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah says they're in great affliction. They're in reproach. He said, well, what happened to them? I mean, just this, was it an army? Yes, it was an army. But why were they in that shape? Listen to verse 7. Nehemiah confesses to God, we have not kept thy commandments. He says, we stepped out from behind the shield. The word of God was there. God would have established them. God would have shielded them and protected them. That was his desire. It was never his desire that the city crumble and be burned. And yet the people decided, you know what, God, you stay here. We're going to go over here and do what we want. And they did not stay behind the shield. And that's when destruction came. We see in the book of Numbers, the children of Israel, the Bible says that ten times, Ten times they did not hearken, listen closely, to the voice of the Lord. Ten times. What does that mean? Ten times they stepped out from behind the shield. Ten times they disobeyed the word of God. And he says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to wonder. And you're never going to see the promised land. Why? Because they didn't stay behind the shield. God told them everything that they needed to do. And folks, can I tell you tonight, God's a proactive God. When you read everything in this book about, listen, how to build your home, how to raise your children, how to live your life, it's a shield. God's just given you a shield, and he's trying to shield you from trouble. And if we'll just stay behind the shield and trust in the shield, we'll be saved. It's like staying in a storm shelter. But if you listen to all throughout the Word of God, you're going to find those who would tell you tonight that the shield's worth staying behind. I think about Daniel. Daniel found himself shielded from lions. Why? Because I'm just going to do what God said. He knew what God said. And he said, you know what? I don't care what the king says. I'm going to do what God says. He just stayed behind his shield and his shielding from the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they found that obeying the word of God through obedience, the word of God proved to be a shield to them even against fire. Psalms 5.12, the Bible says, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield? Now notice who David says will be compassed with the shield. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. Righteousness is obedience. Obedience to what? It's obedience to the word of God. And David said, Psalms 5.12, Thou wilt bless the righteous or obedient with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield that comes through righteousness. I think if you were to talk to Jonah tonight, Jonah would tell you that being obedient to the word of God would have shielded him from the whales. Oh, how there are whales out there in life ready to swallow us. And yet I'll tell you the reason. I think I just messed up my mic. Did I mess it up, Brother, brother Blapone? All right, turn the, turn the pulpit mic on, guys. We'll just go with that tonight. That'll work.
I'm not going to fight with this thing. I dressed myself tonight with my mic, so it's my fault. All right, we back up there. Very good, guys. That was a test. He did good. We transferred right over from the ear mic to the pulpit mic, all right? So let's get back to the point if we could. Jonah would tell you that the word of God would have shielded him from the whale if he had just been obedient. If Jonah had just done what God had called him to do, Jonah would have found that the whale could not have reached him, but the whale got to him. Why? He stepped out from behind the shield, which was God's word. So number one, look at verse number two. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. God wants you to have a hiding place tonight. There's going to be more storms come our way, but God wants you to know there's a place you can turn into. If you'll just get into the word of God, you will find it to be the shield from whatever storms we might face. But then let's keep reading. I want to show you what the word of God became to Elijah next. Look down to verse number eight or look at verse seven. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, here's what's amazing. Elijah is suffering the side effects from the judgment that he has pronounced. The brook that God sent him to has now dried up. But watch as soon as the brook dried up. Watch what happens in verse 8. And the word of the Lord came. Now, isn't it neat? Here he is. He's needing something to drink. He's needing something to eat. And the Bible says as soon, watch this, as the brook dried up, verse number 8, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying... Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to what? To sustain thee. The second thing I want you to notice, if he just is obedient to the word of God, he's going to find that the word will supply and sustain. Not only is it a shield, but the word of God will supply and sustain Now, here's something I want you to let stick in your memory just for a few moments as we look at this second point. It's very important. Elijah has literally hit a dry spell in his service to God. So how do you know? Well, verse 7 says, the brook dried up. And I can tell you that each and every one of us has or will sooner or later go through a spiritual dry spell. You're going to go through a time where you feel as if you are running on empty. And I want to give you some courage tonight. The word of God has an answer. Notice when Elijah came to this dry spell in his ministry, the word of the Lord came unto him. The word of the Lord was going to provide him with the answers that he needed. Now, can I tell you something? As we serve God more and more in an increasingly wicked and dark world, we're going to come to places where the creek or the river or the brook is going to dry up. We're going to come to places where we're going to have doubts and fears tempted to enter into our heart and to our service with God. What do we turn to? Well, we turn back to the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God can supply and sustain. I'll tell you something from my personal testimony. And I can tell you this from my life, and I can tell you it from the last six months. Dry spells have ways of testing what you're trusting. Dry spells have ways of testing what you are trusting. When dry spells come along your way and you're serving God and it seems like the river slowly but surely drying up and it seems like your strength is being depleted and it seems like that you can't run any farther, you can't hold up that weight any longer, you're going to find out what you're trusting in. And let me give you a prime example. Matthew chapter 4, we read just the other night, I believe Wednesday night, about when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Here's Jesus. He's tempted because Satan is a coward, and Satan always comes to us in those dry spells. 
Those times where strength is getting low and the weight is getting heavy. And Satan comes to Jesus knowing that he's hungered. The Bible says that he tempts Christ by saying, if you're really who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. Now Christ could have evidently and obviously turned those stones into bread. But he answered Satan with something that we need to hear. Jesus is about to give us a very, very important secret. Christ is going through a dry spell. By the way, do you know he's going through it for you and I? He had to go through those dry spells so that he could show us, as we saw in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, that he could show us how to be able to go through the times of dry spells in our life. And Christ gives him us the secret in verse 4 of Matthew chapter 4. What did he say? But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus is giving us a secret to life right here. He's telling Satan an answer, and he's rebuking Satan, but he's giving us a wonderful truth that we need to know that as we go through those dry spells of life, and the devil's piling on top of us, and the devil's tempting us, Jesus wants us to know there's a something we can turn to that will satisfy, that will supply, and will sustain. And he says it's the very word of God. That's what Christ turned to. By the way, if you'll notice all three times that Christ was tempted during this time of dry spell, he answered Satan with Scripture. It was what he needed to supply and sustain during that dry spell. Can I tell you something? I can tell you this from experience, and I can tell you this from the Word of God, which we know is true. There will come a time that bread will not cut it. Now here's Christ, he's going through this dry spell in the wilderness, and Satan says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? That's what you need to help get through. And Christ says, no, what did he say? Man shall not live by bread alone. What is the bread? Bread is a temporal satisfaction. Bread, it'll satisfy us temporarily, but after a while we burn that bread off and we're hungry again. And bread will give us temporal satisfaction, but Christ said those temporal satisfactions, you can't live off of those. There's no amount of bread or temporal satisfaction in this world that's going to supply what you need as you go through those dry spells. He says, listen, the secret to making it in the times where the brook dries up, the secret is depending upon the word of the Lord. But here's the thing. Notice verse 8. The Bible says the word of the Lord came. Now look, you're not going to hear God speak to you audibly. I, this, listen, that's just not going to happen. I've met a few people who thinks it has, but you're not just going to hear him speak audibly. But he has already spoken and preserved his word for us. And so instead of the word of the Lord coming to you, you're going to have to go to the word. But I assure you, you'll find in the word everything that you need. Give you someone you know well. It seems like there's not a message goes by. I don't think about Job, perhaps it's because Job went through a long season, 40 chapters of dry spell. How does someone make it through those 40 chapters of the dry spell that Job lived through? I think the secret is in verse chapter 23, verse 12. Job says, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Now stop right there. Don't you know that Job was tempted to go back on the commandments of the Lord as he traversed that treacherous season of a dry spell. I have no doubt. I mean, that's when the devil jumps on you. He's a coward. 
He's going to jump on you when you're low. He's going to jump on you when the brook is about dried up. That's when he's going to jump on you. You know he was all over Job. You know the devil probably had a line of his demons ready. When one got tired, he had another one to jump on Job and just pounded him and pounded him and pounded him. As a matter of fact, we know Satan himself was involved in that dry spell that Job was going through. And how did Job make it through and not give in from the commandments of the Lord? The Bible says in verse 12, listen close, Job 23, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's almost like Job is telling us man shall not live by bread alone. Job, how did you make it through? Job, you're going through a dry spell. Job, you're going through a time where your personal supply is down and you cannot sustain yourself. Job, how did you make it through? Job says, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know what Job's telling us? Job says, I had a storm shelter. Job says, I turned into the shield of God's word and it supplied and it sustained the same way it did for Elijah. Think about Samuel. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. Listen close. The Bible says, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Oh, how bold we could be tonight if we just knew, listen, where we stood according to the word of God. It would supply, it would sustain, and it would shield if we would just turn into it and we would just go to it. The children of Israel would tell you as they went throughout their wanderings early on before they ultimately rebelled against God and his word, it was the word of God that brought them through the Red Sea. Think about it. They come to the Red Sea. What got them through it? It was the word of God. When they came into battle, what got them through? It was the word of God. When they had times of fear and doubt, what reinforced and encouraged them? It was the word of God. When they had the times of sickness, what was their healing and gave them direction to find the healing they needed? It was the word of God. When they were hungered, what brought them what they needed to sustain them? It was all through the word of God. And I'll tell you, it will be everything that we needed to as well. The sad thing is many of us tonight will never find out all that the Word of God can be because we will not turn to it. The Word of God came to Elijah and the Word of God can be to us what it was to Elijah, but we've got to turn or go to it. So number two, we see that the Word of the Lord came to him and it sustained him and supplied exactly what he needed. Now look down at chapter 18 and look at verse number one. I'll give you the last thing tonight. The Bible says, and it came to pass after many days that what? The word of the Lord came. It almost seems like Elijah is just living by the word of the Lord. It just seems like it. The irony is that it all worked out. It came to pass that after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. I don't know how Elijah felt, but I'll be honest with you. I can't help but smile every time I read verse number 1. Thinking about Elijah hearing this message from God. Uh, by the way, you know the one that you told that we're going to have a famine, there's going to be a drought and all this troubles because you pronounced judgment uh, according to my word. Yeah, I want you to go and show thyself unto Ahab. God's bringing him out of hiding. All right? And now he's going to see, uh, he's going to see Ahab himself. And I want you to notice verse 2. 
God reminds us about the circumstances. You say, well, maybe things have gotten better. Maybe, you know, he's kind of not mad at Elijah anymore. The Bible says, and Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. That word sore means severe. God's reminding us things have not cooled off at all. And yet Elijah, the Bible says, he goes. The Bible says that he confronts him. As a matter of fact, if you'll look uh, over to verse number, uh, verse number 17, the Bible says that it came to, pass when Eli- came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? He says, Are you the guy that brought all this on us? And watch the boldness of Elijah, verse 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house. You know the account. Elijah says, I want you to go get the prophets of Baal. We're going to have a showdown. Their God versus my God. And here's Elijah all by himself. And Elijah confidently challenges the powers that be, the powers of darkness here. How was he able to do that? Well, the third thing I want you to see that the word of God was for Elijah. The word of God will strengthen your stand. The word of God will strengthen your stand. Look down to verse 36. As they prepared and prayed and asked God to bring uh, the fire down from heaven, the Bible says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. He was able to stand one versus more than 450 He was able to stand before a king and not only pronounce judgment, but when God led him to go back it up. Listen, he came out of hiding to confront the king. He came out and challenged the king in great spiritual boldness and courage. Where did he get that from? He got it from verse 36. He was doing it according to God's word. Can I tell you on a personal note tonight, it's very sad to see God's people wringing their hands and scratching their heads in the midst of the crisis that we're going through. The truth of the matter simply is tonight, the Word of God should decide how we respond to the crisis that we're going through. Why did Elijah respond in the way that he did according to the crisis he was going through? He's simply responding according to the Word of God. And the truth is tonight, God has already decided in His Word what we should do, how we should act, and what our demeanor should be as we go through the storms of life. We should stand boldly and courageously according to the Word of God. If you're not careful, storms will bring out the worst in you. If you're not careful, storms will stir up your flesh and make you do something out of your Christian character. I'll tell on myself for a moment. Last week was a tough week. Had a lot of things going on. And I tell you, the devil's working overtime right now. Uh, He's fighting families. He's fighting individuals. He's fighting churches. He's fighting pastors. And there's fires burning on every front. But as I told Brother LaPone the other night, Satan just hasn't realized yet that he's going to lose and we're going to win. But we still have to fight the battle. We're still fighting for families. We're still fighting for individuals. We're still helping pastors and trying to encourage them as they go through these fights together. And it was a rough week last week. And uh, the storms I went through really brought my feelings to the surface. I'm normally a really nice guy. Amen, Miss Leslie? I'm normally a really nice guy. And uh, if you see both of my doors closed from time to time, it means it's probably not a good time to come in there because I'm usually venting just a little bit. And last week, the storms had brought a lot of emotion to the surface. And my wife is in there trying to be the Holy Spirit and encourage me in the Lord. 
And my wife says, I don't know that. And she says it very nicely, by the way. I'm just riled up, and I'm just about ready to take one of my mini lightning bolts and throw them at someone. And my wife says to me, do you think that's what Christ would have you do? She says it very kindly. I had to be honest with you. She was not bold or uh, boisterous about it. She says, well, do you think that's how Christ would have you act? And I says, I've tried acting like Christ, and it hasn't worked. (laughs) I told my wife that. I said, I've tried acting like Christ, and it hasn't worked, so now I've got to act like me just for a little while. They need to hear from me. She says, well, if that's what the Lord wants you to do, then you go right ahead, honey. (laughs) What happened? Storms had brought out the worst in me, and I was, instead of acting in the spirit, I was reacting in the flesh. That's what storms will do. But listen, not only do we, do we have the ability tonight to withstand the storm, we can stand in the midst of the storm, and we can stand boldly and courageously in the power of God if we rely on the Word of God. Ask Moses tonight, Moses, how did you stand still when you had the Red Sea in front of you, grumbling people all around you, and a pursuing army behind you? Moses, how did you stand still? How did you not get in the flesh in such a such a, a trying moment of your faith? I think Moses would tell you, God's word said, stand still. God just said, stand still. God says, don't react, just stand still. Probably one of the hardest things to do in the midst of a storm, just be still. Moses, how did you get through the Red Sea and the grumbling people and the army that was behind you? He says, I just did what God said. God said, stand still. So I stood still and God took care of the rest. Ask Peter, Peter, how did you get out of a boat in the midst of a storm to walk on water in the middle of the night? Peter, how did you do that? How did you find the courage and boldness to be able to do that? Well, I think he would just tell you that Jesus said, come. I just did what he told me. I did what he told me. He says, just get out of the boat and come out here on the water. And Peter says, I did what he told me. And I was able to defy the storm and defy the fears and the darkness. Folks, can I tell you, you'd be amazed at what you could do tonight in the midst of a storm if you just turn to God's word to sustain and to strengthen your stand. Tonight, I believe we went to Abraham. It says, Abraham, how much do you think you can trust God's word? I mean, do you really think we could live by this? Do you really think we can live our lives by this? Or is it just something that we turn to like a life raft when things get bad? I think Abraham would probably remind us of the time that God's word said, take your son, your only son Isaac, up to the top of Mount Moriah and sacrifice him for me. God says, give me your child. Give him to me. The Bible says that Abraham just did what God said. And Abraham goes up the mountain. and You know the rest of the story. And God provided the ram for him. And I think Abraham would tell you, you can trust your kids to God's word. Oftentimes we want to take matters into our own hands, and that's when we get in trouble. You know, I want to tell you that my personal testimony tonight is that oftentimes fear is a reflection of faith in myself. Fear is a reflection of faith in myself when I am afraid, oftentimes because I'm trusting in myself. I'm comparing me to my problems, and a lot of times my problems are bigger than I am. When I compare my problems to myself, I am afraid. Fear is often a reflection of faith in myself. I think if if Abraham was trusting in Abraham, Abraham would have never given his kid to God. Abraham would have never trusted his son with God. But we read in the book of Hebrews, Abraham was trusting that God was able to raise him up. You see, Abraham just believed God's word. 
I mean, if you were to ask Gideon tonight, how far do you think you can trust God's word? I mean, Gideon, listen, you're facing an army, and the Bible says they were innumerable. Gideon, how do you face with a ragtag group of guys armed with water pitchers, trumpets, and torches? How, listen, I mean, Gideon, how did you do that? He said, I just did what God told me. God says, you go out there with those trumpets and those pitchers, and you put those torches over in those pitchers, and when I give you the signal, you break those pitchers, and you go down there, and I'll take care of the rest. Gideon, how did you defeat that army that was bigger than you? And I just did what God said. Just did what God said, and God took care of the rest. Noah, how did you make it through the storm? How did you make it through the flood? How did you get through all of that when everybody else seemed to be dropping like flies? Literally, everybody else dropped like flies. Noah, how did you get through that? How did you get through the flood? How did you get through the storm? Noah says, I'm just going to tell you this. I just did what God said. I just did what God said. And God told me to build this boat. And I did what God said. And I believe you could trust your home tonight. Abraham would tell you you could trust your kids. Gideon would tell you you could trust God's plan. And Noah would tell you you could trust your home tonight to the very word of God. Now, can I remind you tonight, we serve a proactive God. He knew what we were going to face before we were ever born. And he had it in his word. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. He had a proactive plan ready. He has a spiritual storm shelter. Not only will it shelter us, but it will sustain us and strengthen us. And not only that, it will strengthen our stand no matter what we're going through. But here's the catch. We have to be obedient to it. Elijah just did what God said. God said, speak. Elijah spoke. God says, go, Elijah went. God says, hide, Elijah hid. God says, go to the widow, Elijah went to the widow, and God feed him. God says, go talk to Ahab, he went and talked to Ahab. God says, I want you to prepare this sacrifice, he prepared the sacrifice. And victory after victory after victory was a result of Elijah just being obedient to the word of God. Tonight, can I tell you, thus saith the Lord is the best reason to do anything. People ask me when I left my church in uh, 2012, and they asked me, why are you leaving the church? Everything's going well. Uh, all the people that don't like you are gone, which is a great reason to stay. Everything's going well. We had a bus ministry going. We had hired a youth pastor. Why are you leaving? The only answer that I could give them is because thus saith the Lord. When God called to move to Monroe, Louisiana, to go build a church there, they said, look, there's a lot of churches already here. Why are you building a Baptist church in the shadow of more Baptist churches? Just because the Lord told me to. And I found that it works out if we just do and go where God says go. And we find out that there's success simply from being obedient to God's word. Tonight, I want you to understand there is a shelter. There is a shield. There is strength. But you have to trust God's word. I've, I've said this many times, but I believe this. I only have one child. I'm very thankful for her and I love her dearly. But I don't have it all figured out as a parent. Uh, my wife's got most things figured out, but I don't have, have a lot figured out. And I have squeezed the ink out of Proverbs 22.6. I have just squeezed the ink out of that one. There are times as a pastor where you don't know how to handle a situation. I mean, good night. A pandemic is something new to me. I probably should have told you that before I, uh, before I came here for full disclosure, but I have never dealt with one of those before. And so the decision that we've made moving forward as a church, I've just tried to go to God's word and see what I believe God would have us to do. And I've never had it let me down. 
It never let Elijah down. It never let Noah down. It never let Moses down or Abraham down or Esther down. Just doing what God said. And they found, listen, a shelter. They found a shield. They found strength. And they found sustenance all because they just did what God said. And tonight I want you to know that their father's your father. And he's left you everything you need to know. He's left you a shelter to tune and to turn into. But here's the deal. Proverbs 35, I'm going to read it one more time. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Tonight you can find rest in God's word, but you have to make the choice that you're going to trust it. Now let's have our heads bowed tonight and our eyes closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed just for a few minutes. You say, well, I'm going through a storm. So was Elijah. He was alone. He was going through a famine. And he was an enemy of the state. But he just survived by doing what God said. Look, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have the plan. You just understand you trust in the plan that God has left us. And that plan is in his word. In spite of every reason he had to doubt, he just trusted what thus saith the Lord. Tonight, my prayer for our church is simply this. As we look forward to the next 71 years, that we're going to go ahead and make up our mind that we're going to live, we're going to decide, we're going to move forward based on the word of God. Because thus saith the Lord is the best way that we can do anything tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And thank you for the example of Elijah. And Lord, every turn that he made, every decision, every step that he took was, was taken by your word. And Lord, tonight, if he could trust you in the midst of his storm and his trial, Lord, help us to find courage and strength and sustenance by doing the same. Lord, help us not to react in the flesh, but help us to act in the 